Welcome to Looking for Life. I'm Kirk Packer and I'm here with George Thompson. And today we want to talk a little bit about the spiritual battles we face and our tendency and temptation to get sucked in and to focus on the flesh and blood side of things. And I want to share what may be a familiar verse for many. It's Ephesians 6.12. The Lord was just reminding me of this just earlier today. It says in the NLT, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So let's talk a little bit about how we apply that in our present time and how that really hits home for the lives that we're living. George, what what uh, what pops out to you as you hear that? What's what's the Lord saying to you about that? Well, as I think about um, our our present age, if you will, and just thinking about so many things that you disagree with that you are seeing, you want to react to that. Um, but in the midst of that, God is telling you that, you know, he's in control of this world. <laughs> and so you've got to press in and just rely upon God in the midst of this. And it's just such a difficult thing because we're, we're a, a world of quick answers. And so that's what we're searching for in a sense. Um, but God is not always a quick answer type God. He just asks, asks you to step into the spiritual realm and then he will deliver what you're asking in his timing. When you said, when you talked about the temptation to react, the thing that popped into my heart right then when you said that is that my desire to react in the flesh and blood really comes out of two major places. One is pride and the other is fear. Fear over what could happen, what I could lose, and so I want to react, but also pride that says who are you to the other side, whoever the other side is, to come in and try to take things away? And, and in that moment, I was immediately reminded of Jesus. And when Jesus was here mint ministering and how the religious leaders reacted out of fear and pride. This Jesus isn't going to take away the glory that we've been getting uh, and this fear set in and, and they went after him and the result was they were actually ended up being used as tools of the enemy. I don't want to be used as a tool of the enemy and I don't think any of us do. And so that's why it's so important that we keep our focus on the fact that the war we're fighting right now is not flesh and blood. Although flesh and blood is involved, that's not the heart of it. And we got to keep our eyes on the target or we can actually end up being used by the enemy. And I, man, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. 
And as you were talking, I was just thinking about what did Jesus do in the midst of the toughest times? He was constantly relying upon the Father. He was talking to the Father, praying to the Father. I do what the Father tells me. And that's how he walked this out day in, day out. And, you know, uh, the picture that I, I get so many times in my mind when I think about the crucifixion is, you know, here, here you have Jesus and the king is saying, I don't have enough evidence to convict him, but yet you hear the audience, the people behind him saying, kill him, kill him, kill him. And why are they doing that? It's all about fear. They're not asking God. They're just going by their emotions. And it's the same thing right now. If you go by your emotions, you're in deep trouble right now. And the role that Jesus was asked to play in the whole scenario that you're talking about, his flesh struggled with. His flesh did not want to play it. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when the flesh of Jesus is saying, Lord, if there's any other way, let's do it, but not my will, your will be done. And I think the takeaway from that is, is that each of us are going to have to play a role in which our flesh is not completely comfortable. And, and we just, we need to be ready for that. Our flesh is not going to be comfortable with the role that we're asked to play by the Father. Jesus went in a certain way, and we may not each be asked to die, although we might be. But either way, we will be asked to sacrifice. That's, that's what this part of the whole scenario is about, uh, this side of heaven is really laying things down, laying our flesh down, surrendering, and walking out the role that the Lord has for us. And so I still don't completely know what my role is, but I know it's not going to be, my flesh isn't going to be all in. Yeah. And as you, as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, what's the word tell us to die to our flesh each day? That, that we've got to take our flesh out if we're going to walk in the spiritual realm. And some days, that's not bad. I, I can do that. But there's other days I seem to rise up a little bit. And as you talked about earlier, the pride comes in, the arrogance comes in. I, I've got this, God. Don't, don't worry about it. And I react to it. But humbly, God, you know, brings me out of that. Praise Him. And... I'm reminded of he he's the protector. He's the one that's going to win the battle, not me. But for a moment in my mind, <laughs> I, I've got this, you know, but it's, it's just an illusion. Well, and when you say illusion, I'm reminded of decoys. Flesh and blood can really be a decoy because it's not where the real battle is. The real battle's in the spiritual. But when you think of decoys, decoys are used in all kinds of things, war, even hunting. When you think about a duck hunter, uh, a goose hunter, they will use decoys to draw in what they want to kill. Well, 
I think the enemy uses the same thing. And he can set up some decoys of flesh and blood to draw us in, to get us within range, to take us out. And that's why it's so crucial that we keep our eyes on the right spot, which is, yes, there's this flesh and blood going on out here, but that's not the real battle. Because if I don't keep my eyes on the real battle, again, I get sucked in, I get within range of the enemy. Next thing you know, I got taken out by something I never even saw coming. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. And decoys is a good point because when you think about, um, you know, what's familiar to us is our flesh. That, that's what we react to. But when you go into the spiritual realm, that's harder. <laughs> you're, you're asking, you're a, again, you're asking God, okay, what's going on here? What, what do I need to see? Where do I need wisdom? Where do I need to have spiritual eyes to see what's going on? And in our flesh, we just react to it, right, wrong, or indifferent, and the outcome comes. But when you have to step into the spiritual with God and see what's going on and just allow Him to work through you, it's just a different, it's just a different ball game. And it's just something that we're constantly learning over and over and over and we again we've got to kill the flesh and walk in the spiritual that's a really good picture you're right in that the flesh and blood is what we're familiar with and we have a false sense of control when we're walking and focused on the flesh and blood based on our experience knowledge so on when it comes to the spiritual realm Not only can we not see fully what we're up against, we really have very little knowledge in the scripture. I mean, you and I were just looking at a a scripture a moment ago that was talking about the spiritual realm. And we're like, we don't know what it means because there's really nothing else in scripture that illuminates it. And, you know, we have some pictures, you know, when you think about Daniel praying and he uh, is told about, you know, the, the Persian demonic forces that were, you know, fighting and, and, and so on. You know, we get these glimpses, but they're small glimpses. We, when it comes to the spiritual realm, are completely dependent upon the Lord. Now, we are in the flesh and blood also, but we have a tendency to think that we're not because we can see it and, and we think we've gained some knowledge. But when it comes to the spiritual, I mean, there's just no fooling ourselves. We, we are completely dependent on the Lord. Yeah. And, and if you, you know, the thing I was thinking about when you were speaking of, you know, the disciples walked with Jesus for many years, but they just didn't get it. They didn't get it until Jesus came back, you know, showed his scars. We've talked about this on this program. And in a sense, descended back to heaven and turned them loose. And then the book of Acts explodes in the spiritual and all their ministries took off because they understood. The Spirit of God was leading them, was giving them wisdom, was giving them you know, knowledge on what was going on and people were baptized, boom, boom, boom. I mean, it just, it just goes and goes and goes. And it's just one of those things that I'm, I'm constantly reminded of that, again, I've got to wait on the Spirit of God. I've got to. 
I've been reading through the book of Matthew the last few weeks, and you were just talking about the disciples. And I've had these thoughts before, but once again, I'm amazed at how many times Jesus tells them, okay, we're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be captured, I'm going to die, and then the third day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be raised and I'll come see you. He says it over and over and over. And then when it happens, they're all like, hey, what just happened? <laughs> all our hope is gone. And I'm reading that from the eyes of, I know what happened. And I'm like, what's the matter with you people? Why weren't you listening? Well, the deal is, is that when he told them that, they didn't know what to do with it because they had never seen or heard of anything like it. So it's like they, they can't quite capture what's happening. And I think that we also run into that. God will say things to us, but we don't have a, a, a place to put what he's telling us of experience. And so we don't really capture it and we don't really hang on to it. Um, but afterwards, after we see it, then that's where we get to the book of Acts like you were talking and all of a sudden things explode because then they're like, oh, now I see what's going on. Yeah, and I was thinking about uh, Paul and Stephen as you were talking and I was just thinking about Paul didn't get it then either. Stephen had the upper hand, spiritually speaking, and but Paul, what did he do? He, he was angry and he didn't actually stone Stephen, but he didn't stop this, but... But he didn't stop the stoning. But when did Paul get it? On the road to Damascus when God called him out in a spiritual realm and blinded him. You know, you, we know the story. And But but it, was, it has to be that encounter with God where you go, wow, this is God. He's here. And after that encounter with Jesus that Paul had, all of the things that he had learned prior and walked through, all of a sudden there was a new light and perspective given to all that. And the guy who didn't get it when Stephen did was then taken to a place where he was able to give direction, not only to the church, but even to the other apostles. You know, I'm thinking of Peter, for instance, when Paul confronted him and he's, you know, help and lead the guy but the fact is peter got it way before paul did but we need that perspective each one of us and that's where it comes to relying on the spiritual and, and this is so crucial in the times we live in right now because we hear so many different voices none of us have ever experienced anything like what we're experiencing it can seem so confusing you can get uh, so devoid of hope but when we focus on the lord He's able to give us that perspective and then we can give it to others. But it goes back to that's where our eyes got to be, not on the flesh and blood. Yeah. And if you think about, uh, too, just about Jesus every day preaching in the synagogues and, and walking with the disciples, uh, going through, you know, and constantly the Pharisees were pointing out, you know, you can't eat grain on the Sabbath, you know. You can't get your donkey out of the ditch, whatever it may be. There was always a constant rock being thrown at Jesus for doing something wrong. But but what was really going on there was their heart. 
they were being deceived, but they didn't realize they were being deceived. They they thought Jesus was out to get them instead of Jesus was out to save them. But it was such a battle. And and again, (laughs) that if you're not careful, that's where you're going to get in trouble when you don't ask the question to Jesus, what's going on here? It's so easy to look at the religious leaders and say, oh, I would never be that person. But their eyes were on the physical. That's where their eyes were. Uh, Jesus had not gone through uh, the systems that they had set up. And who did he think he was? And, you know, on and on it went. And they, they were envious. They were intimidated. And I go there so fast before I ever realize it and it it just it will happen if our eyes are not on the Lord himself if our eyes get on the flesh and blood even if it uh, we think it's good things uh, we will we will go there and we will react out of places that that are not the Lord yeah and the other thing I was thinking about was this remember the people in Jesus' hometown that knew him, knew his siblings, and all that, what'd they go back to? The familiar. They didn't ask the question to God. They just went back. Oh, we know him. He, he can't be the Messiah. We know him. We, we watched him raise up. We know his mom and dad. But they didn't know the story. They had no idea who Mary was, and there was a virgin birth here. They just didn't get it. And again, I mean, the fingers are pointing at me here because I've got to constantly ask God the question, what's going on here? And these were all people, the people of his hometown, the religious leaders. These were all people that were looking for the Messiah, especially the religious leaders. But what I've found is that the Lord always works in ways that I do not expect. If I expect him to work in a certain way, I can know that's the way that he's not going to work. But it always takes me by surprise because even with that knowledge, I still have an idea how things are going to play out. And that's one thing that has been reiterated to me in this last year because I never saw this coming. And I have just been so blown away by the things that have been happening and the way things are playing out. But once again, it shows me that's that's how God works. And, you know, I always think, oh, I'm, I'm just going to have this sense that things are coming. And I'm going to have this sense that, you know, things, that this is what God's doing. And I'm sitting over here like, nope, I got no clue. But that's where my eyes have got to be on the Lord. And just like in his hometown, if they had just stopped and, and, and really asked of the Father what's going on, he would have shown them. Yeah, and it's just so crucial to our walk every day, especially right now. I mean, it, it seems like when you turn on the news today, every day's a new day in our world. There's just something else bad that's happened or in a different city or whatever. And again, if you get wrapped up in that, you're, you're going you're gonna to react out of your flesh. But if you go to the Father... And just, again, ask for wisdom, say, what's going on here? And then, you know, just like it did today, it took us to Ephesians 12 or 612. 
and just reminded us it's not you know it's not about flesh and blood it's about the spiritual and and satan's working overtime we're seeing it over and over and over right now but at the end of the day he's not won this battle the battle's already been won and many times we complain that what we see on the news is all negative but oftentimes even without the news that's what we are drawn to we're drawn to the negative and we can really miss out on what god is doing in our midst again if we're not focusing making a purposeful effort to look upon him to to have our nose in his word and to hear from him we can get so wrapped up in the negative that we don't see all the good happening all around us you know for instance right now when you think of there are many things that people are missing out on right now because of the lockdowns and and that kind of thing and i can get really wrapped up in that but there have been some amazingly good things in the midst of all this that are happening the time that i have been able to spend with my family I will forever cherish the time that I've been able to spend with my kids that was normally dominated by time on the road going to event after event. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point because we need, again, we need to look through spiritual eyes and look for blessings instead of finding something to complain about. God is constantly right there with you. Um, He constantly is showing his love to you over and over and over but there again as the enemy does so much of the time he leads you down the road that tries to um, veer you off in the ditch instead of keeping you focused upon the eyes of Jesus and it's just a constant battle um, day in day out but that's where prayer comes in that's where the word of God comes in and just spending time with the Lord. Well, I think most people know that I'm such a positive person. I really can't relate to what you just said, but you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that that can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so true. I I, I mean, it's, I just find I've got to make that, that purposeful effort. And, and the good thing is, is that we're not talking about just, positivity and uh focusing on the good things there is is genuine hope in the lord i I mean we as we were praying earlier i was reminded of when jesus said in this world there will be trouble but take heart for i have overcome and it's just so good that we're, we're not just sitting over here saying oh let's be positive let's not focus on the negative we're talking about real real hope god is 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 orchestrating things right now he's in the middle of it he is saving people he's bringing about revival in places he is setting things up for jesus to return and i want to be in the midst of that i don't i don't want to be off on the sideline yeah and you know through his word over and over and over he he tells you you know as you mentioned about the suffering even you're going to suffer, but but at the same time, you're also going to be blessed in the midst of your suffering. And, and, and it's just a good reminder, follow the Word of God 
and it will ring true to you. It will bring back more more than you can you can uh, expense. I mean, it's it's just that that simple. And I'm I think I told you that earlier that the Word of God, if you'll just follow it, <laughs> it will pay dividends over and over and over. Not to mention heaven. If you follow the Lord places you've never been, you, you are going to receive blessings that you never expected. He has shown that to me over and over again. The, the, the path can be difficult, but it, it's, as Scripture declares over and over, it is it's just so worth it. Any last thoughts, George? I would just say this. Um, you know, if you're out there struggling today, um, caught up in, in the chaos of this world, and you've got questions, don't uh, don't be afraid to ask. You know, reach out to this podcast um, and, and just ask the questions. Um, open the Word of God. Live it. Breathe it. Um, make it a daily part of your life and pray. Um, God is waiting. Uh, he wants to hear from you if you're not doing that. And just make it something that is a part of your life day in and day out. Amen. And we hope that you've been blessed. And just know that life is found in Jesus. He He is the life. Uh, he is present with us through the, the Holy Spirit. And um, he's able to just to guide us. Um, and just to cause us to see the good things that he's doing in our midst. Amen. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. But give me